When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. The Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN starts now. Howdy, 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 and a howdy. Two minutes past on this Wednesday. It is the 14th day of June. Do you believe it? We're already in the middle of the month. Fast-moving month of June. I hope the summer isn't going to be like that. Although, if you're a Met fan, you wouldn't mind the season moving by a little bit rapidly if you got to watch that garbage night in and night out. But, you know, nevertheless, things might change. Boy, I can't wait for see what round number two of the Subway Series is going to have in store for us tonight. But we're going to watch it together. What's up, everybody? Dan Gross's show. We are back. We are live in a living color right here on 98.7 ESPN. You know the phone number. It's 800-919-3776 if you want to be a part of the program. Harvey's here. Joe is here. We're hanging with you for the next three hours. Right up until 10 o'clock, then it's Gordon and Larry, Larry and Gordon, the dynamic duo themselves. But we got some stuff to do between now and then, of course. You can get me on Twitter, at Dan Grasso, G-R-A-C-A. We think at some point we're going to get baseball. We're going to get round two of the Subway Series. There you go. little rain. But you know what? Does this music even apply if the game is not on Yes? Because that's like the Yes rain delay music. Tonight is an ESPN vehicle. You want to watch the game on TV, you got one place and one place only, ESPN, national TV. As a matter of fact, I didn't even know this until earlier today. Tonight, ESPN is like monopolizing the baseball broadcast landscape because it's a doubleheader, a good old-fashioned double dip. For the worldwide leader, our parent company, of course. Because after Mets-Yankees, whenever that ends, you got White Sox-Dodgers from Chavez Ravine. little late-night baseball. I'm trying to think, why is that? Are they getting? Are, are they losing a game? Like, is there no... No, because Yankees-Red Sox are Sunday night baseball. Again. So what are they missing out on? Or when did they miss out on a game to where they have to do a double dip? Anyway, this is like back... This is like the good old days. Remember when they used to have doubleheaders during the week? Back when baseball was popular? When was that, like 1973? But it was popular. Trust me, we all grew up on it. Not so much today, but it's popular here, and it gives us some good fodder. Last night was a fun show. It really was. You know, we kind of got off the rails a little bit, but you know what? That's what this sport, that's what this game, and more importantly, that's what these teams can bring out of you, right? Just the natural, raw emotions. And I know that last night was not a thing of beauty, You're a Yankee fan, you take the win. You're a Met fan, just more misery. 7-6, it doesn't matter. Yankees win the game. They were the better team. They strike first here in the Subway Series, right? They came back from 5-1 down, and it wasn't a thing of beauty. It was sloppy, right? Unconventional things happening in that game. But at the end of the season, if you're playing in October – And you look at the wins and losses, you're not going to sit there and go over each win with a fine-tooth comb and say, how did you get that win? Does that really count? Was that a legitimate win? Doesn't matter. Each win counts the same. Wins in April count just as much as they do the ones you pick up in September, right? It's all and of the same. And if you're the Mets, 
you know, their offense had kind of gone into witness protection over the last week, right, especially with Pete Alonzo on the shelf. They put up six runs in that game last night, and they lost. And that's the frustrating thing about it if you're a Met fan. You score six runs, you should win the game. If I would have told you before the game, you got a guy in the mound who's going to the Hall of Fame. Five years after he calls it quits, he's going to be up on that podium in Cooperstown making a speech. Going to have his plaque the whole nine yards. Probably a Washington Nationals plaque, I would think, because that was his heyday. Remember when he always used to stick it to the Mets? Even threw a no-hitter at City Field. Remember in 2015, that final weekend of the season? Harvey pitched the game for the Mets that night. Pitched pretty well, but the Mets had clinched the division already, so it didn't mean anything for them. But nevertheless, if I would have told you you get six runs, Max Scherzer on the mound, forget about that you had a 5-1 to one lead, but six runs you think would be enough for Max Scherzer, right? Nope. Nope. Didn't happen. No, 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 no. That would be too simple. That would be too easy. And the fact of the matter is, is that the Mets didn't touch the Yankee bullpen all night long. And let's give credit where credit is due. Yankees got a whale of a good bullpen. They really do. They are piecing this thing together by hook or by crook. But it's working for them. Marinaccio, who one day is going to go alongside DiMaggio. He's one of the great Italian Yankees of all time. I don't know if that's going to happen, but, you know, it works for today. Right? Jimmy Cordero. Tommy Canely, Clay Holmes, my, I mean, on and on and on. It's like the murderer's row of relievers. These guys are going to be in Monument Park one day. The Mets couldn't touch them. Couldn't touch them. You know, 20 years from now, Yankees are going to be in a little bit of a pinch, and they're going to try to sell tickets. You know, when Aaron Judge is on the uh, 10th and final year of his contract or whatever it is, and he's not in the lineup that day because he's icing his toe, You know, they're going to have to do something to get people in the ballpark, and they're going to have Clay Holmes Day at Yankee Stadium. You know, and they're going to surprise them with a plaque in Monument Park, Clay Holmes. Bring the family out, the whole nine yards, because the Mets couldn't touch them. Especially Francisco Lindor and Starling Marte in that eighth inning. You got the bases loaded. Got one out. All you got to do is make contact. Just put the ball in play. And I'll tell you, if you were sitting near home plate last night at the ballpark and you were a little bit warm, felt a little bit stuffy, all you had to do was just have Lindor and Marte go up there and whiff away at the plate because it got a nice breeze because neither one of them could touch Clay Holmes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But you know what? The Yankees are finding a way, and that's all that matters. All kidding aside, all jokes aside, they're finding a way to win. They're 10 games over 500. I don't know how they're doing it. I don't. I watch this team every day, just like you do. And they're not exactly a team that passes the eye test, right? Like when I'm watching the Yankees, and by the way, tonight's game will start at 745. That's a seven, a four, and a five. Mets just announced that. But I'm watching this Yankee team, and it's like, you know, if you haven't watched all year, what do you think their record is? I wouldn't think it was 10 games over 500. I mean, there's more often than not I watch the Yankees play, I think they're 10 games under 500. Now, does the manager get credit for that? Does the general manager get credit for that? Because I know Yankee fans love to hate. More often than not, Yankee fans aren't happy unless they're miserable. Right? They're haters, but they hate on their own. That's the problem. 
Remember last year when the Yankees had the best record in baseball? They were like orchestrating like a historic pace. And yet we would get calls nonstop just because Joey Gallo was still in the lineup every day batting ninth. Remember that? Joey Gallo was batting ninth, even though the Yankees were like 50 and 20. And it looked like, remember we were talking about, oh my gosh, this team might beat the 98 Yankees and break that record. We know that didn't happen. But the Yankee fan is not satisfied. But this team is finding a way. They're finding a way without their franchise player Aaron Judge. At least they did last night. And now tonight you give the ball to your ace. And you expect Garrett Cole to go out there and do some damage and be able to rein in a lineup which, without Pete Alonso, ain't all that impressive now, is it? But if you want to talk about Yankee pitching, you know what? Luis Severino was bad again last night. That's something that's inescapable. You know, and I thought that Aaron Boone maybe stuck with him a little too long. little too long. Last three times out, though, he's been bad. He's given up, what, seven home runs, 16 runs. It's got to be better. You know, I, I might be one of those Luis Severino truthers where I, I still see the guy pre-Tommy John surgery. I still see the guy pre-injury. Because he was that good once upon a time, and I thought you were going to talk about a guy that would be winning Cy Youngs going into the future. But that hasn't happened now, has it? But it still doesn't mean he can't be effective. And then you got the Mets. Right? Then you got the other team. And what are the Mets at this point? You know, on, on June the 14th, what are the Mets? Well, here's what we do know. They're a team that's lost nine out of their last ten. That's bad. That's not ideally how you want to go about finding your way through a baseball season. They blow leads with regularity. That's something we also know. Remember, they went to Atlanta last week. Three games against the first-place Braves. Three games against the establishment. And they had leads in all of them. They had three-run leads in the first two. Had a four-run lead in in, in game three. Blew the game every time. Last night, they had a 5-1 lead. 5-1 5-1 lead with a guy in the mound making $43 million. Aaron Judge ain't in the lineup across the other dugout. And he can't get to the finish line. And he can't get a win. Can't get a win. 4-1 lead in Atlanta, you give Max Scherzer, gives it right back. 5-1 lead against the Yankees last night, gives it right back. And I mean, like, it was quick. You know, it wasn't like something like, that, that, that kind of like prolonged itself into like the sixth or something. No, it was like instant. He didn't even make it out of the fourth inning. Just like that. You were a Met fan last night. You had a 5-1 lead. You might be at the ballpark, right? You get up and you're like, you know what? I want a hot dog. I want a Shake Shack. You get up. You walk your ass all the way out to the outfield to Shake Shack. You wait in that line for about four hours. And then by the time you get back, you look at the scoreboard. It's like, wait a sec. I thought the Mets were winning 5-1. Yeah, they were. But you shouldn't have went to Shake Shack. Not with this pitching staff. Not with these guys. I think one of the most fun things you see now when you go to a Mets game and Max Scherzer's on the mound, like they should promote this. Like watch Max Scherzer hang a slider to the opposing team and see how far they can hit it. That should be like, I don't know how fast or how long it takes to be able to manufacture these things, but like if the Mets are hurting for promotion giveaways, like look, if this continues, Mets are going to have a hard time selling tickets late in the season, especially like when September rolls around 
and the Mets are dead and buried in like fourth place. They're 20 games out of first. And Aaron Rodgers and the Jets season has started. And the Giants trying to go back to the playoffs for the second year in a row. Saquon's going to have all his money by that point. And if the Mets are just trying to get some bodies into the seats, you got to be creative, right? The marketing department. I suggested last night, like it popped into my mind, and we'll get to this in a little bit too. The whole thing with Drew Smith getting suspended for the sticky fingers and the sticky substances, since two Mets have done it in one year, like that should be like the Mets thing. That should be part of their identity. The Mets like marketing team should have some fun with this and they should have like a promotion or something like, you know, free cotton candy in honor of the Mets sticky fingers. You know, if you can't laugh at yourself, then you're going about it all wrong. Right? You're not laughing, you're crying. The Mets lead the league in sticky substance, foreign substance suspensions. Right? They got two of them. (laughs) They should have some sort of cotton candy tie-in. But no, like, they should get a bobblehead made, give it away in September, the Max Scherzer hanging slider bobblehead. You know, he releases the ball, and you could see the ball and not really have a lot of spin on it. And he could tell that the hitter is going to launch it about 500 feet in the air. What happened to his put-away stuff? I mean, this was like one of the most feared pitchers in all of baseball. Where is that? And where did it go from one season to the next? You know how many home runs Max Scherzer's given up on a hanging slider this year? Five. You know how many gave up last year on a hanging slider? Goose egg. Goose egg. I mean, it's so bad right now. Brandon Nimmo, who's like the one guy, like the one constant on the Mets, the one guy that you could like count on to do something halfway decent each and every day, he even dropped a foul ball or a foul ball, a fly ball last night. Literally, he was like running in and like stuck his glove out and, and, and missed the ball completely. It's affected everybody. It's like a, it's like a virus, you know. It's a virus. Bases loaded, one out in the eighth. Just make contact. Two guys can't do it. Good job by Clay Holmes, by the way. That looked like that looked like pre-All-Star break Clay Holmes last year. Tremendous. And you know what I was a little bit surprised about, too? Because this is kind of like just you're grasping for straws at this point. Like, people are getting on Buck at the ninth inning when there were two outs that he left Luis Guillorme up at the plate to hit for himself. When he had Vogel back on the bench and he had Mark Vientos. Like, uh-huh. Like, I couldn't believe that that is actually, like, something that people were getting aggravated about. Like, really? Wait, so the same Daniel Vogelback, who hasn't gotten a hit since Bill Clinton was in office, the same Daniel Vogelback that nobody wants on this team anymore, and the Mets gave him a... And that's the other thing, too. Like, the phraseology was, you know, a mental health break or a mental break. That's how it was first reported today by Mike Puma, the Post. Mets give Daniel Vogelback a mental break. It's got nothing to do with his mental health. It's just a fancy way of saying it's a baseball break. Or maybe the Mets should have just said it's a can't hit a baseball break. Since he's not hitting a baseball, let's not have him go anywhere near the batter's box for a week. And maybe, just maybe, when he steps in it again, he's like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do to it. You're supposed to hit it. But, I mean, again, like, we're going to sit here and, and get agitated because... Daniel Vogelback wasn't called up to pinch hit or Mark Vientos? 
Mark Vantos has like, what, two hits since they called him up? I mean, he's not that much better of an option either. What would you rather have Buck do? I'm a little bummed that we have to wait a half an hour for this game to start because you know what? This is fun. This is fun watching these games. Because Met fans are going to be miserable. Yankee fans, even when they win, they're miserable. It's the best of both worlds. You got to love it. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We got other things to get into tonight, of course. Giants completed their two-day minicamp, so now it's summer vacation time for Big Blue. Our buddy Jordan Renan is going to join us a little bit later on tonight. He, of course, covers the Giants for ESPN. NBA season has come and gone. Nikola Jokic is getting ready for his parade tomorrow, which he wants no part of, apparently. He and the Denver Nuggets. But the rumors are already swirling about trades and moves and big-name players that could be on the move before next week. Next week, of course, is the NBA draft. And one, potentially Bradley Beal, maybe, just maybe, in association with the Knickerbockers? We get into all those things and what potentially could happen. Our good pal Brian Geltseiler of NBA Radio is going to join us later on in the program as well. Plus plenty of your phone calls, plenty of them, at 800-919-3776. When we come back, more Subway Series stuff, and I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into the whole sticky suspension stuff. Because, call me crazy, I'm starting to think that the league has it out for New York. It's a New York bias. Dan Gross' show. On this Wednesday, where else would you rather be? 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is our telephone number as we await game two. Of the Subway Series going to get underway 745 first pitch is what they're saying now out at City Field as they were just being a little cautious because of the raindrops that fell a little bit earlier. And when they do, it'll be Garrett Cole. It'll be Justin Verlander, a couple of former teammates with the Houston Astros, guys that finished 1-2 in the American League Cy Young race back in 2019. And look, Verlander was one of the culprits of the Mets getting swept in Atlanta last week. They gave him a lead, which he could not hold on to just like a lot of his compadres couldn't either. And look, Garrett Cole, he's a guy that you're the Yankees, you're paying him a lot of money to go out there and to be the guy. I know that he was a tough luck loser in that game on Friday night, didn't get a lot of run support against the Red Sox, but I don't think he pitched poorly. You know, I don't don't think he was that bad. But the thing you also have to remember about Garrett Cole, guys, is, you know, he's going to be 33 years old in September, right? And you wonder... 
just how much high-level baseball is he going to be able to provide? Like, you know, how many years down the road or how much longer down the road when we're talking about the Yankees and their starting pitching to where you say, well, you know what, Cole ain't the same guy he used to be. And he might even be there already, but I'm just saying to the point where he won't be considered even like a number one ace type guy. You hope that that day isn't until years and years down the road, but you never know when it could turn. Look at Berlander, look at Scherzer. I know they're a little bit older, but you know what? They're not the only guys in baseball right now that are struggling. You know, I did some homework, and I just had to pull up the numbers myself. Because if you watch the game, and look, I watch the game, I you know, study the game the whole nine yards. I'm a fan of baseball. Guys who were considered the best pitchers in baseball last year are awful this year. Look at both Cy Young Award winners, for starters. Sandy Alcantara, who won it last year in the National League, He's 2-5 and five with a 4.75 ERA this year. He's got a whip of almost 1,200. Verlander won it in the American League. I think we know how his season has gone already. And those were the two best pitchers in the sport. Alec Manoa, the Blue Jays. Remember him? He finished top three in the Cy Young. He's been DFA'd already by the Blue Jays. He's still not, he's not even in the rotation in the big leagues anymore. How does that happen from one year to the next? Urias with the Dodgers. He's got like a four and a half ERA and an 1,100 whip. Dylan Cease, he was the runner-up last year in the American League. He's got a 4-4 ERA and a 1,300 whip. Why is this happening? I mean, I got ideas, right? It's really not all that different from some of the things that we've been talking about. The crackdown on the foreign substances and the pitch clock. You add all that stuff together, and I think pitchers are having a hard time adjusting and adapting It's as plain as day. Just look at the numbers. I gave them to you. So, yeah, I understand that Scherzer and Verlander are not anywhere close to what they've been, but they're not the only ones who've accomplished a lot in this game that are struggling and are fighting already here in the early portion of the season. 800-919-3776. right, let's get some phone calls up here. We'll start off with Richie in Middletown. He's first up here on 98.7. Rich, how are you? Good. How are you? Good, Rich. What's going on? Oh, I just want to say I didn't catch your show last night because I was actually watching the game, and then I heard the highlights today, and I couldn't help but laugh because I felt your pain. Because for as long as I've been alive, the Mets and the Yankees are yin and yang. They're the same. They're in the same town, and all the big games that the Yankees win, there's always a loser. And all the big games that the Mets are in, they're the loser. And then you always have... The same players on both teams. You had Strawberry and Gooden played for the Mets. They won one World Series. They go to the Yankees. They win more. No, their best and, years, though, were as Mets. They, they they weren't huge contributors to the Yankees winning those World Series, though. That, that, that's true, but it's just when you remember them as Yankees, you remember them winning. And you remember all the things they couldn't do as a Met because that team couldn't hold it together long enough to win. Well, they also had person. Were you alive in the 80s, Rich? You sound on the younger side. Oh, I, I was. I, I was chanting Let's Go Mets as a two-year-old. Oh, okay. So you were you were a Mets fan. Are you still a Mets fan or did you jump ship? Oh, no, I'm not jumping ship. I'm going down with the ship. It's, you know, living the dream one nightmare at a time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all but, you can do, Rich. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that's all you can do. And as watching Verlander as a New York fan in general, because, you know, I don't hate the Yankees because – you know, if the Mets aren't playing, I guess I care about the Yankees. But the Yankees kept on losing to Verlander. And the Mets were like, yeah, we got Verlander. Let's go. And now he's losing with the Mets. Yep. So you can't win. All you can do is laugh. 
That's all you got to do. That's what that, that's what we try to do here, Rich. And I thank you for the phone call, my friend. Um, hang in there. I'd like to be able to sit here and tell you it's going to get better, but I can't promise anything. You know, even four hundred million dollars can't promise that it's going to get better. Clearly, right? I mean, look, it's the nature of the beast. Every team goes through it, but it just seems like. You know, we're preoccupied a lot with the Mets, but it just seems like it happens with them more often than not, right? How many guys, I mean, we could sit here, and I didn't have time to do it today, but you go down the list of guys that have all-star careers, Hall of Fame careers, that predominantly play for another team, and then they come over and put a Met uniform on, and it's like they forgot how to play baseball. You know, I've said a lot that this Mets team actually reminds me of the 2002 version. I know that's going back a ways, but it it really and truly does. That's what it reminds me of. You know, if you can remember that year, the Mets decided to reload, if you will. You know, they went out and got some big, big name players. You know, Mo Vaughn, who was a former MVP, all-star. They got him from Anaheim because they wanted to add a little bit more pop to the lineup. Robbie Alomar they got from Cleveland, Right, They signed Jeremy Burnitz, who was like a 30-home run guy for Milwaukee. And he was a former Met prospect, by the way. And then the Mets traded him to Milwaukee. But, you know, brought him back. They brought Roger Cedeno back. They got all these big names in the lineup. They were terrible. Right? They ended up winning 75 games. They didn't have a very good year at all. Mo Vaughn looked shot. And Robbie Alomar, maybe more so than any of those players, looked shot. But the thing about Robbie Alomar that year was... It's not like they bought low on Robbie Alomar. Even though he was still getting up there in years, he finished fourth in the American League MVP the year before the Mets got him. He was extremely productive. And yet he basically had one of the worst years, if not the worst year of his career with the Mets in 2002. That's what this is, right? Big-name players spending all this money, and you're not getting any returns in the standings. None. And these Hall of Fame caliber players look like a shell of their former selves. And that's what you're dealing with. Al in the car is up next here on 98.7. Al, how we doing? Hey, Dan. What's up, man? Love the show. Thanks for having me. Al, what's the word, man? So I just, I'm a diehard Yankees fan. I listen to a lot of sports radio. I drive to work. I'm driving around at work. I drive home from work. And every day I just hear people calling in, complaining about Cashman and this and that and the Yankees and Aaron Boone and blah, blah, blah. We're 10 games over 500, and we haven't been healthy all year. Right. What are we – what is everybody complaining about? We're staying afloat before we've even had our full team healthy. I know it's frustrating, obviously, to not have these big guys out like Rodon. We just saw him. We haven't even seen him pitch yet. Judge is hurt. That stinks right now. But the, complaining isn't going to help that. We're, we're 10 games over 500. We haven't had a healthy team at all. Look, we could be the – I hate to – Hate them. Say it. You could be the Mets right now. Say you could be the Padres. You could be the yep. you could be the Phillies. You know, we're in a good spot for what we've been dealt this year. You could be the Cardinals. So I just wanted, yeah, I wanted to just give a PSA to Yankees fans to keep calling and complaining. Just please stop. I'm just tired of hearing it all day. Al, That's you're not wrong. You. Al, you are not wrong. And I thank you for the phone call, my friend. You get back to us. Right? He's absolutely right. You know, memo to Yankee fans. It could be a lot worse. Look at the team in the other dugout. Al brought up the San Diego Padres. San Diego Padres is as big a disappointment as the Mets are because they spent a hell of a lot of money in the offseason. St. Louis Cardinals might be the biggest disappointment in the entire sport this year. And not that they went out and had a big, splashy offseason, but remember a couple of years ago when they signed Steven Metz 
and Steve Cohen got all pissed off because he thought that they had a deal worked out. Thank goodness the Mets dodged that bullet. Steven Matz is horrible. You know, he's in their bullpen. Can't figure it out. They got Paul Goldschmidt, who won the league MVP last year. They got Nolan Arenado, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer. The Cardinals are dreadful. Blowing leads left and right. They lost their fifth in a row today. They're 15 games under 500. They're in the National League Central. The division stinks, but the Cardinals are done. They have the worst record in the National League. I'll tell you, the Cardinal way hasn't exactly found its way over to that team this year. So it could always be worse. Could always be worse. And I know any fan, if you're a Yankee fan, Met fan, doesn't matter. I don't think anybody is crying the blues that the Cardinals are going through some tough times. They deserve to have years and years of misery. Believe me. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Grasa Show, we roll on on this Wednesday, 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. So last night in the game, Drew Smith was summoned in from the bullpen by Buck Showalter, and before he even threw a pitch, he got checked by the umpires, and he got tossed from the game promptly due to foreign substances, sticky substances. So it's the second time it's happened to a Met this year. And look, it's happened three times in baseball. In the majors, and all three of them are from New York. Of course, Domingo Herman had happened to from the Yankees side of things, but it's happened a couple of times in the minor leagues. And it's also from the Mets organization. Dylan Bundy, remember the former big leaguer who was an Oriole? He's pitching in Syracuse. And there was another guy pitching for Syracuse as well. His name escapes me, but he also got busted. So, first of all, I understand that there is a lot of inconsistency with this new thing that baseball wanted to crack down on in terms of measure. Because I know that there isn't a book out there or a manual or a guide or some sort of biblical literature that baseball, the umpires, have to subscribe to before they can legislate whether a pitcher has too much foreign substance. Right? Like, how much is too much? Like, for example, you know, There's the legal drinking limit, blood alcohol level, like you get pulled over, something like that. Like, that is a measure. And if you are past the legal limit, they're going to bring in twice the legal limit, three times, whatever it is. But is there a legal limit in baseball terms for foreign substance? The answer is no. It's an arbitrary process. It's completely, completely subjective. And it's at the behest of the umpire. So wait a second. In this case with Drew Smith, and I'm not just sticking, I'm not sticking up for him at all. What I'm doing more than anything else is just tearing into baseball and asking them to sort of establish at least a little bit of a consistent measuring level to where now all pitchers can be judged. 
because they've yet to do that. And it really, the conversation has not changed at all from mid-April when Max Scherzer got busted out in Los Angeles because the same things we were asking baseball to clean up then, we're still asking them to do now, and this is almost two months later. Is that fair? And why is that? You know, when you hear Drew Smith say that Major League Baseball has a so-called official in the dugout and in the tunnel, and when he inspected his hand and he said there's nothing wrong with this, what were they seeing out on the field? And you know that one umpire is not going to disagree or contradict what the guy who supposedly threw him out of the game said because the umps are never going to attack each other. They're a brotherhood. They're a union. They stick together. And they know they can get away with it because there's no uniform measure right now. Here was what Drew Smith had to say after the game last night. They said both of my hands were too sticky. Really surprised because I haven't done anything different all year. I was sweating rosin. Like, I don't know what else to say. Nothing changed. It's just I think the process is so arbitrary. It can change from one crew to the other, and uh, I think that's the main issue. But it just sucks for the team not having a guy for 10 days and being a man down for the roster spot. I don't think they were sticky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, obviously they do. Um, I'm sure they're going to come out with a, with a statement saying something similar to Max's, like stickiest hands ever or whatnot, but my hands weren't sticky, and I had everybody check him as I was coming off the field. I don't know if that was caught on camera. The MLB guy in the tunnel, I kind of forced him to feel my hands as I walked in. I just grabbed him like this and pulled, and he actually laughed and said there was nothing there. So I don't really know what else to do. All right, so exactly. What do you do? What do you do? He laughed and said there's nothing there. I know that baseball is preparing for the draft in a few weeks. They're preparing for the big all-star festivities out in Seattle. You know, that's when, you know, the sports world shines on baseball. Because there's nothing else going on in that second week of July, right? Baseball has center stage all to itself. Doesn't happen very often, but it does then. Maybe, just maybe, they could look to clean this thing up. Because leave it to baseball to be the ones to issue a crackdown. And I remember during the offseason when this news got out, like they wanted to make this a point. So guess what? If you're an umpire and you want to please your superiors and please the organization that funds your lifestyle, you're going to do what they say. And I'll tell you something. You think that if baseball and, and, and Rob Manfred and company, when they wake up in the morning and they get the nightly report delivered to their inbox, you think that they're actually going to be upset if they read about a player getting busted for foreign substances? No, because it went right along with what their wishes were in the offseason. It's almost like the umpiring crew or singular umpire or whoever that, that, that throws a guy out of a game because of foreign substances, he should get a bonus. Right? You're pleasing baseball. You're doing what they want. But how about some consistency? Really? And why is it always somebody from New York that apparently violates the rules. You know that it's happening elsewhere. You mean to tell me that the Mets and the Yankees are the only teams that have pitchers that are still, quote-unquote, using sticky stuff? And the irony of this whole thing is this. Pitchers say it. Of course, they're going to say it because it makes their job easier. You want to get a grip of the baseball. You mean to tell me that the hitters don't want pitchers to at least have a little bit of an idea where the ball is going also? I don't know about you, but if I had to step in a batter's box... And 60 feet, 6 inches away were guys that could throw the ball 90 to 100 miles an hour, a weapon, what a baseball is, and can do serious, serious damage to me, depending on where it hits me, if it hits me, I would prefer 
that they've got sticky stuff all over their body if it's going to help them control the ball to where it's not going to hit me. And I'm not just talking about getting hit in the head. All right, look at what happened to Pete Alonzo. Get one in the wrist. Get one in the hand. You could be out a month, two months, maybe the season. You never know. So if it's something that the hitters probably want, it's something that the pitchers want, why does Major League Baseball seem to not be in favor of this? That's what I'd like to know. And they're bending over backwards to bust players because of it? Without any legislation as to what can and can't be tolerated. It's great. It's kind of like saying, you know, like here, for example. If the people that ran this radio station, if they said to me, you know what, you got to start coming here. You got to start showing up a little bit earlier to work, which that's not an issue for me. I'm here early. But for anybody, you know what, you got to. That's true, Harvey, correct? I'm here early. There you go. So if I show up early, but they tell me, you know what, we need you to start showing up earlier. Okay, well, how early? Well, we don't know. We, we just need you to start showing up earlier. That's essentially the same thing. So if I was showing up, you know, an hour and a half before the show and they still weren't happy about it, okay, maybe I'll show up two hours before the show. And then I find out that that's still not early enough. Well, you should have specified what early enough is. That's like what baseball's doing right now. Nobody knows what's legal, what's not legal. But I guess we can't be all that surprised now, can we? 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. Back to the calls when we return. Grasses show till 10, right here on 98.7 ESPN. I would prefer that they've got sticky stuff all over their body. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Remember, Brian Geltzeiler going to join us at 9, talk a little NBA. Jordan Renan on the Giants at 9.30 as the G-Men embark on summer vacation until training camp, now that minicamp is all wrapped up. You know, again, with the stuff with the foreign substances and just the arbitrary nature of the whole thing with Major League Baseball, Would you really put it past an organization to enact something really just kind of as silly in nature as this is when they were also the same organization that once upon a time, right in the middle of the season, decided to change the actual baseball and the make of the baseball that everybody was using during the season, not like during the offseason from one to the next. No, in the same season, a different baseball and tried to slip that underneath the rug as if... It was exactly the same, and there was no difference. So can you really trust them? Tim Healy on Newsday, by the way, who covers the Mets, he talked to David Robertson of the Mets after the game last night, and he said, you know what, Bill Miller, who was the umpire that tossed Drew Smith, said to David Robertson that his hands were sticky. And David Robertson was like, what are you talking about? It's, it's, it's really, really, really strange as to what's happening with this whole thing. Matt in Jersey is up next here on 98.7. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm good, Dan. How you doing? Good, Matt. What's going on? Real quick, I, I, I want to touch on the sticky substance uh, issue, but I got, I got a Cashman point to make. Yes. What's funny is is you, you look at this kid on the Mets who got banged for the sticky substance last night, and afterwards the, uh, the umps are coming off the field saying they were the stickiest hands they've ever seen. Yeah. That's what they said about Scherzer, well, look too. At what, it's exactly what they said about Domingo Herman too. If you go back to that, mm-hmm. every single guy they bang for this, it's the stickiest hands they've ever seen. 
So I'm wondering if it's the same crew that's banging all these guys or it's just that's going to be the uh, the company line this year. The stickiest hands we've ever seen, yeah. so we got to pull them. Different crew. Different crew. The Phil Cuzzy crew was out there with um, Scherzer. Different one last night. It tells me also these. if that is indeed true, like if they really believe what they're saying, these umpires got to get out more. You know what I'm saying? They got to get out there, get their hands dirty a little bit. That's it. Now, when I, I want to talk a little bit about Cashman, and, and I, I've noticed this being a trend, and I, and I can go back years, and 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 I can list some things that he said. The philosophy is he has a certain amount of wins on the roster, and if he has enough wins on the roster that he doesn't think he needs to add anybody to make the playoffs, he's not going to do it. Whether or not that's going to put that team over the edge to win the World Series. And I remember him talking when Matt Carpenter was a free agent coming out of Colorado. Um, he, he said the same thing about Matt Carpenter. We're not going to pursue him. They had nobody to play left field. We're not going to pursue him because we have enough wins on the roster to make the playoffs. You go back, though, and you look at what this team did with Gary Sanchez. This team was hoping Gary Sanchez had the stat line that would turn into JT Real Mutos. He was hoping that they were hoping he'd become him on the defensive end and they were hoping that's what he would be as a hitter. And they could have signed Real Muto for $20 million a year in Sanchez's last year when he still had trade value, and they could have gotten prospects for Sanchez, and they would have had their catcher for the next five or six seasons. Instead, they don't sign him, and if, if, if Sanchez worked out to what they were hoping for, they were going to have to pay him $20 million a year anyway. And now history's repeating itself this year with Glaber Torres, you know you have Peraza, Caprera, and Volpe that you have to play in the middle infield next year because you don't have to pay them anything, and you're at a point now where you could have gotten anything for Glaber Torres, and you're going to let him walk because you're not going to pay him 16 to $20 million next year. You're going to get absolutely nothing for him. And this is why this team's like farm system is so barren. They don't have guys coming up that can regularly start like other teams do and why they don't have this feeder program of MLB-ready players. Yeah, I, I, I see your point, Matt, and I thank you for the phone call. And by the way, you know, I'm glad you brought up Gary Sanchez. And I'm not saying it would have worked out here. I, I really don't know that. But Gary Sanchez with the San Diego Padres has six home runs already in like 12 games. He looks like the Gary Sanchez when he first came up with the Yankees. You know, Bob Melvin, the manager of the Padres, said, well, you know, what we think and the reason, you know, he's relaxed. He's not looking over his shoulder. And he kind of intimated a little bit that when he was with the Mets, every single at-bat that he had, he was auditioning to stay on the team. Here he could just play freely and not think about anything, which, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. And I don't even know if this is sustainable. But it's working out for the Padres, not that they're winning a hell of a lot of games because of it, but they're just the individual and the player is doing a real nice job. You know, the thing about Cash, look, I, I'm not the biggest, and I think you guys know this, I'm not the biggest Cashman guy. I'm not. Right? I, I, I think that he may have worn out his welcome already for 25 years as a guy who's been in charge of the baseball operations. That is a long, long time. But you have to almost ask yourself, like, what would need to happen for the Yankees to go in a different direction? Would he have to step away? Right? Would they, would they term it as mutual? Not happening anytime soon, especially when the Yankees are making the playoffs every year. And they're finding ways to still be in the conversation. You know, you listen to Hal Steinbrenner yesterday at the owners' meetings when he talked. 
you know, Hal basically is still sitting there with the attitude of this team could win a World Series. All we got to get, all we got to do is get Rodon on the mound, get Judge back in the lineup, and we're going to start printing tickets for October. And he's entitled to think that it's his team, and he's writing some big checks to be able to put a winning product on the field. But until I see it, I won't actually believe it. Like, like I said, right now with this Yankee team, they're 10 games over 500. They've done a good job. There are a lot worse alternatives around baseball. Hell, there's a worse alternative even in the same town. But does this Yankee team have the look of a World Series contender? Not right now. They don't pass the eye test for me. But you don't have to in the middle of June. Hell, you don't even have to maybe in the middle of September. Just get in. And you could go on a magic carpet ride like the Phillies did last year, and they came within two wins of winning a championship. But that's not to say that history is going to repeat itself every single time out. Yankees' biggest enemy right now and the Yankees' biggest weakness is health. They've got to get healthy. When is Judge back? And forget about back. Is he going to be even healthy? Are you getting a healthy judge to where that toe is not going to be any sort of an obstacle for him when he steps into the batter's box and he can continue to just hit home run after home run? That's what they need. Carlos Rodon is extremely important for this team's chances. And how can I sit here and predict what's going to happen in the future when the guy hasn't even thrown a pitch yet this season? All right, good hour. We'll keep it going. 800-919-3776. We'll also get into some Knicks and some Bradley Beal rumors. Is that somebody that floats your boat? If you're a fan of the Knickerbockers, Grasa till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN.